Oh, 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Let's 
los frotas de jamanio se hizo
J.M. and the A.M. Maishi Menlowitz off of the uh, sheer double CD. That's uh, Ure Vonim here on a JM in the AM. Don't tell me. Tuesday morning. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app. Any comments you have? Regarding anything we do or regarding anything happening in the Jewish world, feel free to comment on the app. It is um, Tuesday morning, July the 5th, the 29th of Sivan. Today is Erev Rosh Chodesh, Erev Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz will be tonight, Wednesday and Thursday. Tonight, Wednesday and Thursday, a two-day Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Uh, so get ready for that and um, get set to enjoy. Um, did the uh, Yehuda selection Tzor Yisrael, America, in honor of the 4th of July, or being a day after the 4th of July, with the great Dudu Fisher, who's in concert tomorrow night in in Bergen County, Shalshelis Jr. had Kivisi, you heard Schar Mitzvah done by Mordechai Shapiro, Yehoram Gaon, Eretz Tzvi. Had to get that on the day after the 40th anniversary of the Entebbe rescue, which many of us remember and still can't get over how incredible it was. And Regesh, of course, Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. My thanks to Mayor Fertig for sitting in yesterday on the 4th of July. Much appreciated. Thank you, Mayor Fertig. Uh, well, since the last time we spoke, a lot has gone on. A lot has happened. Uh, we know of Friday's terror attack in Israel claimed the life of Rabbi Mickey Mark, somebody that many of us knew. Um... Having had a uh, a son attend Torah Shraga in Yerushalayim, and he being the executive director for all these years of Torah Shraga in Yerushalayim, we've had some uh, encounters over the years with uh, Rabbi Mickey Mark. And our condolences, of course, to his entire family on this uh, horrific tragedy, and it is a horrific tragedy, really a tragedy for all of Am Yisrael as every one of these terror attacks are and that was Friday's news and that dominated the uh, the Jewish news cycle so to speak once we left the air at 9 o'clock on uh, Friday morning and then Shabbos we heard of the uh, passing of Eli Wiesel a lot has been said about him understandably and deservedly and um what I rem- people asked me over the weekend what I remember most about him, and uh, I would see him at different events and things. He carried himself with such incredible dignity and a uh, demeanor that was so appropriate and um, really represented the Jewish people very, very well. And I, with the Nobel Prize and everything else, I think the most amazing and incredible appearance he ever made for those of you who remember was when he publicly in front of the President of the United States scolded the President of the United States for visiting the Bitburg Cemetery in Europe 
And that was an episode in the mid-80s that left a tremendous impression on a lot of people. And it took a lot of guts. So we mourned the passing of uh, Ellie Wiesel over the weekend. And um, yesterday I met somebody. I, I mean, I saw somebody who I know. And um, he represents a certain yeshiva that's in the uh, Judea-Samaria area. And he said there are now six boys in the yeshiva. There are now six, including the, one of the sons of uh, Rabbi Mickey Mark. There are now six boys in the yeshiva who are in the midst of a year of Avelos related somehow to terror attacks. Wow. Do we even understand what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through? We do feel the collective pain of these horrific episodes and tragedies, but the closer you get, those who are residents of Israel, those who are friends and family of those who've been attacked and the killed or injured, the closer you get, the more difficult it is. And in this case, as I just mentioned, a yeshiva with six boys who are uh, high school, a high school with six boys who are now observing a period of mourning directly related to terror attacks in Israel. Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. We've got the 72 degrees outside, 94% humidity, Windsor West at 3 miles per hour. Today we've got some showers this morning. High temperature of 90, partly cloudy tonight, low 73. Tomorrow some sunshine and a high temperature 92 degrees. Pretty hot weather here in this area. Uh, but if you have your health and you wake up with your uh, family intact, be as thankful as you could be. Uh, right now, 72 degrees here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. Plenty more coming up between now and 9 a.m. By the way, uh, yesterday I was uh, driving up to Camp Misora, and a big shout-out to um, uh, Joseph and Ari and everybody up at camp. And uh, I was listening to Mayor Furtick at 90.1 FM. Boy, oh boy, those of you who are in the Catskills region during the summer or year-round, you've got an incredible jewel of a radio signal up there. It was just wonderful listening on Route 17 and hearing it as uh, clear as a bell. So keep that in mind when you are heading back and forth. And probably a lot of people are coming back this morning uh, on the road since the 4th of July was yesterday. Uh, as you head back and forth, keep in mind 90.1 FM for the um, incredible sounds of JM and the AM on a daily basis. Gives you a great opportunity to tune in up in the Catskill region. And I'm glad for those of you who are. Uh, if you want to comment on anything that's going on here, if you want to comment on the uh, life of Ellie Wiesel, tell us something unique, or react in any way to what's going on in Israel, the news of the day, we've got an app. Uh, the Nahum Siegel Network NSN app for iPhone and Android. You can comment on that app and let us know what you have to say in regard to uh, all the different things that are going on. Simple as that. And I hope you'll take advantage, and I thank you for that. More coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Marabu done by David Lowy. Before that, you heard the uh, Baruch Levine selection, Ufarats, the Shlomo Katz, and Ufros, off of the Vahakonim CD. Six minutes before 7 o'clock, Tuesday morning broadcast here at J.M. in the A.M. I, um, I just posted a couple of seconds ago this picture I saw yesterday uh, that Mayor Weingarten had... Um, had put online of uh, Mincha at uh, Entebbe Airport, <laughs> the the Prime Minister's delegation. I'll tell you, you can't make this stuff up. Truth is stranger than fiction, as they say. And um, <laughs> I just posted it on Facebook. I shared it with everybody. Uh, Mincha being davened in, uh, in the Entebbe Airport, and I and I just uh, I put a link up to an article from Ynet on the son of Idi Amin. And boy, did that name become part of our vernacular 40 years ago, didn't it? Um, the son of Idi Amin uh, wanting to go to Israel to apologize to the families of the five victims of Entebbe. Find that fascinating, I'll tell you. Unbelievable. 40 years later, and uh, Entebbe continues to be um, uh, a just an incredible and amazing story that uh, will go down as probably the greatest rescue mission Certainly, rescue mission that that took th- uh, you know a thousand miles or so to travel to. Just unbelievable. Uh, Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM. I want to wish a Mazel Tov to the Alandi and Schwab families. Had the opportunity to be there last night when Yumi Lowy um, uh, performed as the lead singer in a beautiful and Labadik celebration with the Iron Titlebaum Orchestra. Uh, to Minna and Jesse and the entire family, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And again, as I mentioned, I was up at Camp Missouri yesterday. I want to wish uh, Joe and Ari and everybody up there a great start to the brand new season. All the camps, uh, I hope, are off to an amazing start on this brand new season. And I hope all the campers and staff, well, I don't know if campers can, but I hope all the staff is tuned into the NSN app on their phones and entertaining their bunks and informing their bunks by keeping this uh, great radio program on every single morning and by enjoying and providing great programming all through the day as well with our NSN app. Uh, So we wish them the very best up there in Guilford, New York at Camp Missora, and uh, it was really nice being up there and seeing the brand new dining room and canteen and seeing all the different things they have done during the off-season to uh, upgrade even further. So a, a big, big... Shout out to everybody there up in Kent, Missouri. Avramo, Avram Freed from Bring the House Down is next. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Seven o'clock in the morning. It's Avramel Avram Fried, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at ninety-one point nine, and the FM dial broadcasting live. From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Tuesday morning on this 5th of July, the 29th of Sivan. Tonight is Rosh Chodesh. Today, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz begins tonight. It'll be Wednesday and Thursday. My thanks to Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday on the 4th of July. Much appreciated, Mayor. Thank you. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. דליפת נפט במפרץ חיפה. במשרד הבריאות מזהירים מפני הרחצה בחופי קריית חיים וקריית ים. כתובתנו יערה שפירא. 
במהלך הפעולות לפינוי צינורות ישנים של חברת עשן במפרץ חיפה, פגעה הספינה המבצעת את העבודות בצינור נפט. כתוצאה מכך נפט זרם לים וחלקו צפוי לזלוג לכיוון חופי הקריות. צוות חירום של חברת עשן אטם את הצינור, כך שבשלב זה לא זורם עוד נפט לים. המשך העבודות יבוצעו בהנחיית המשרד להגנת הסביבה. משפט אלאור עזריה, נהג האמבולנס עופר אוחנה, שהיה בזירת הפיגוע בחברון, טוען שמנסים להפליל אותו ואת עזריה. מבית הדין הצבאי, מדווח כתבנו יונתן בניה. אוחנה סיפר כי עשה ביום אירוע שיחת ועידה עם אלאור עזריה ואביו, אך סירב בחקירתו לפרט מה היה בה, לאחר שהרגיש תחת לחץ כאילו הוא נחקר לדבריו. אחרי אותה עדות שלח הודעה לראש צוות החקירה, בה אמר, אני מרגיש שאתם לא מנסים להגיע לחקר האמת, אלא להפליל אותי ואת החייל. בתחילת הדיון אמר אוחנה כי כבר נחקר באזהרה במשטרה והסנגורים ביקשו לתת לו חיסיון מפני הפללה עצמית ועדת השחרורים שליד שירות בתי הסוהר תדון שוב בשחרורו המוקדם של הנשיא לשעבר משה קצב. כך הוחלט בצהריים בתום דיון בבית המשפט המחוזי בלוד. ההחלטה התקבלה בניגוד לעמדת הפרקליטות, לאחר שהרשות לשיקום האסיר גיבשה חוות דעת חדשה בעניינו של קצב. כתבנו איתמר קציר שמע את עורך דינו ציון אמיר. העמדה של המדינה היא מעוררת קושי רב, אפילו סימני שאלה. הדבר הזה קשה מאוד בעינינו, ואני שמח על כך. שבית המשפט דחה את ההתנגדות של הפרקליטות והורה לוועדת השחרורים לדון מחדש בבקשה של האסיר קצב לשחרור מוקדם. פרסום ראשון, הוריו של נער בן 15 ששם קץ לחייו במוסד חינוכי במרכז הארץ, טוענים כי עשה זאת לאחר שאולץ ליטול כדורי ריטלין בכפייה. כתבתנו הדס שטייף דיווחה שההורים הגישו תביעה ובה הם טוענים כי בעלה של מנהלת המוסד, קצין מז"פ בתפקידו, הגיע עם המנהלת לזירת ההתאבדות ושיבש לכאורה את החקירה. יעל דן שוחחה עם אימו של הנער. מי שהגיע לשם ראשון זאת מנהלת הפנימייה ובעלה ויש לי עדויות שהוא סילק משם כל אדם שיכול להפריע לו הם היו שם לבד בחדר, לא יודעת, אולי היה מכתב שאפילו קשור לאשתו הוא יודע בדיוק מה להעלים, אני יודעת מה, אני לא יודעת זו פעם ראשונה שאני מרגישה מה זה אדם שקוף בעקבות המקרה, מח"ש פתחה בחקירה. מהמוסד החינוכי נמסר בתגובה, אנו משתתפים בצער המשפחה, התלמיד זכה ליחס וטיפול הולמים, תוך שיתוף פעולה מלא עם משפחתו. לא חסכנו ולא נחסוך במאמצים לגילוי עובדות, היכולות לשפוך אור על נסיבות המקרה הטרגי. בנמל התעופה בן גוריון, אחת בצהריים בשלום, מטוס אל על, שלווה מוקדם יותר על ידי מטוסי קרב שוויצרים בשמי אירופה, בעקבות התרעת שווא על פצצה. במטוס מסוג בואינג 747 שהגיע מניו יורק היו כ-380 נוסעים. כתבנו ניתאי ענבי שוחח בנתב"ג עם שתי נוסעות לאחר הנחיתה. לא הרגשנו כלום כל הטיסה, הטיסה הייתה שקטה מאוד, רגועה מאוד. רק כשחזרתי, גם הדיילות הפלאפון, הפלאפון היה מפוצץ בהודעות. אני ממש שמחה שלא ידענו כי היינו פוחדים מן הסתם. נחת בשלום. התחזית מחר חם מהרגיל. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. J.M. in the A.M. That's our news from Israel, of course. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio News. So if I understood that correctly, uh, the people on the flight from Israel, or I should say from New York to Israel, uh, did not even know about the bomb scare, it seems. The El Al plane has landed safely in Israel. Swiss Air Force F-18 fighter jet scrambled Tuesday to accompany an El Al flight due to a bomb threat, which eventually turned out to be a false alarm. The flight from New York to Tel Aviv was over the Swiss French border when the jets were scrambled. Once the Al Al plane passed out of Swiss territory, the jets returned to their bases. 
The plane continued on its way to Tel Aviv. An anonymous bomb threat to authorities in New York prompted Swiss authorities to send the F-18 jets to accompany the LL flight. The plane's kitchen was searched. No bomb was discovered. The plane landed safely at Ben-Gurion in central Israel. A passenger who had been aboard the flight told the Jerusalem Post that he and his fellow passengers were not alerted to the bomb threat or any irregularity during the flight. Last month, security personnel from El Al acted against the person they viewed as suspicious at the Athens airport in Greece. The man in question had been walking in the area with a large backpack that aroused the suspicion of the security guards. After the man failed to heed the guards' several calls, they acted to overcome him. So the people on the flight did not realize that there was a bomb threat called in. Interesting. Tuesday morning broadcast. It's JM in the AM. I thank you for tuning in. Thanks again to Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday. Um... I mentioned that the um, the 40th anniversary of Entebbe has um, is being observed this week, of course, as um, the Prime Minister went to Africa to meet with heads of state and to be there at the airport on the site where his brother was murdered, gunned down by the terrorists as the operation was just about to almost come to a close and take off for Israel. Uh, most of you out there are familiar with the story, even if you weren't around at that time. It is such a well-known episode of modern Jewish history. We are making, uh, we're making an effort to actually speak to, and I think it will work, to actually speak to one of the um, Sayeret Matkal officers uh, who was there at Entebbe and can relive some of those moments from 40 years ago. So we are working on that, and as soon as it materializes, believe you me, I will let you know, and it should be a very, very interesting conversation, that's for sure. JM in the AM, as we continue with this selection from Yitzhak Fuchs. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
of Yesh uh, Tikva, that is Ivduas Hashem B'Simcha, it's Benny Friedman here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, Yitzchak Fuchs opened up the hour with Ms. Marla David off of the CD entitled Me Mama Kim. JM in the AM, um, well, as uh, we mentioned earlier, and as many of you know at this point, uh, the Prime Minister of Israel was in Entebbe in order to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the rescue and to um, speak about his brother who was murdered there toward the end of the operation, July the 4th of 1976. He was there on the spot. These are the words of the Prime Minister as he addressed the gathering uh, on July the 4th of 2016. Prime Minister Netanyahu, his speech at Entebbe, here at JM in the AM. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a deeply moving day for me. Exactly 40 years ago, Israeli soldiers carried out 
the historic mission at Entebbe. And now I have the privilege to return here as Prime Minister of Israel with some of those same brave soldiers and some of those brave pilots who flew them here. Forty years ago, they landed in the dead of night in a country led by a brutal dictator who gave refuge to terrorists. Today, we landed in broad daylight in a friendly country led by a president who fights terrorists. We have gathered here to mark an event that inspired the world and lifted the spirits of my people. At Antebe, international terrorism suffered a stinging defeat. The rescue mission proved that good can prevail over evil, that hope can triumph over evil, over fear. Today, savage terror is once again sweeping the world. We must recognize that the battle against it is indivisible. When terrorism succeeds in one place, it spreads to other places. And when terrorism is defeated anywhere, it is weakened everywhere. This is why, this is why Entebbe was, not, was more than an Israeli victory. It was a victory for all humanity in the fight against those who threaten our common civilization. The raid of an Antebe was a watershed moment in the life of my people. For centuries, Mr. President, we were stateless and powerless to defend ourselves. No one came to our rescue. We were murdered by the millions. The rise of Israel changed all that. Time and again, Israel has successfully defended itself against enemies committed to our destruction. But it was perhaps at Antebe where this fundamental transformation was most dramatically seen by the world. On July 4th, 1976, Israel launched the most daring rescue mission of all time to save our captive brethren in the heart of Africa. We were powerless no more. We would do whatever it would take to defend our nation and rescue our people. That night 40 years ago also changed the course of my own life and the lives of uh, those whose relatives died here, Jean-Jacques Maimoni, Pasco Cohen, Ida Borochowicz, and Dora Bloch. My beloved brother Yoni, who led the force that stormed the old terminal, overcame the terrorists and freed the hostages, was the only soldier who was killed. I learned from my brother and from others that two things are needed above all to defeat terrorism, clarity and courage. Clarity to distinguish good from evil and courage to confront evil. Clarity is to know that nothing justifies terrorism. Nothing justifies the deliberate murder of the innocent, the systematic slaughter of civilians. We must condemn all acts of terrorism, whether they are perpetrated in Paris or Brussels, in Orlando or San Bernardino, in Tunis or Nairobi, in Hebron or Netanya. And alongside clarity, courage is the other indispensable quality needed to fight the terrorists and their sponsors in order to defend our values and our lives. Today, in this place, where free people delivered a devastating blow to the forces of terror,
We and all the civilized nations must rededicate ourselves to the spirit of Antebe, a spirit of daring and resolve, a spirit of courage and fortitude, a spirit that is determined as ever to defeat terror and to secure our common future. Thank you. Thank you all.
JM in the AM. Tuesday morning with morning showers and a high temperature of 90. Eretz Tzvi, of course, after the words of the Prime Minister and Tebi, couldn't think of a better selection to play than that uh, song that is uh, so intertwined with Mivtsa Yonatan, Operation Jonathan, as it was renamed after the killing of Yoni Netanyahu at the end of uh, Operation Thunderbolt, meaning at the end of the operation, uh, not at the end of the movie. Uh, morning showers, high of 90, clear tonight, low 73, partly cloudy for tomorrow with a high temperature of 92. Uh, those of you who are reading the uh, articles and whoever heard the news at the top of the hour, um, it is now clear that uh, Ofer Ohana, who is a who is somebody that so many people in this audience know, anybody who's traveled to Hebron regularly, anybody who's uh, been on the um, other end of a conversation with Ofer, who is uh, one of the most incredible people you'll ever meet, uh, he is now at the center, at least for today, at the center of this uh, trial that's going on in the case against Elor Azaria, the IDF soldier accused of unnecessarily shooting to death a neutralized terrorist in Hebron back in March. Um, Ofer has been accused of moving the knife closer to the terrorist, and uh, now apparently he, in fact, um, he, in fact, uh, admits that he did do that and explains why. Um, anyway, just wanted to mention that uh, we are thinking of him. Again, a lot of people in this audience have met him over the years, and sometimes it's difficult to believe that someone who's done so much for the Jewish people has to go through this, but I guess in the system of justice, everything's got to be... Uh, taken care of in a an organized and um, reputable fashion so that is what he is up to at the moment and uh, we continue to watch that case very very closely JM in the AM at 28 minutes after 7 o'clock we'll go to Rabbi Goldwasser and then uh, we have a couple of conversations this morning that are scheduled one is about a an app that might just help people in a very Overpopulated Jewish community. <laughs> Maybe overpopulated is the wrong word, <laughs> but it depends on your perspective, I guess. I'll explain what I mean coming up. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmaser of Zebin of Yosef Alevi and Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Navi Yermio, Vatomri Kimikesi. You say, No, I am pure. Achshava Pomimeni. His anger will subside from me. Behold, I am entering into judgment. Because you say, I have not sinned. Hashem judges us on the fact that we don't recognize our own averus, our sins. When one is pogay his friend's honor, and he doesn't recognize that his friend is hurt, that pains the person more than the hurt itself. However, when someone hurts another individual and immediately recognizes that he was wrong, he then goes and asks Mechila, then the hurt dissipates. Hashem wishes to open our eyes so that we can see the truth. Judgment comes to the world when people say, Lo chotanu, we did not sin. 
there was one day in his life that Yitzchak Avinu was afraid. It wasn't at the time of the Akedah, at the sacrifice. It wasn't at the time when his father was standing over him with a knife, ready to shecht him. Yitzchak was 37 years old, and he asked his father, please tie the ropes tighter, because he was afraid that when he would see the knife coming down, he would flinch and puzzle the korban and invalidate the sacrifice. He was not afraid. His machshavos, his thoughts were only concerned with how to do the will of Hashem, even though all the malochim, all the angels were crying. In contrast, it says, that Yitzchok trembled exceedingly. When was it? Rashi tells us, He saw that Gehenim was opened beneath him. The, the great Rebbe Chonon Wasserman explains that after 120 years, a person will not be asked why he didn't put on tefillin. She will not be asked why didn't she light Shabbos candles. A person will be asked, why didn't you search for the Emes? Why did you think that the world is Hefker? This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
the AM Mina Meitzar done by Ari Goldwag off of the Amechad CD. Tuesday morning on this Erev Rosh Chodesh. By the way, tomorrow night, a reminder, tomorrow night, it's a Dudu Fisher performing for a um, Hakel event that is being put together, a Hakel Unity concert. Uh, tomorrow night at the Bergen Pack in Englewood, New Jersey. It is uh, being put together by a uh, a collective of uh, nine Chabad organizations. And you are invited to uh, be part of it. Go to unityconcert2016.com, unityconcert2016.com. The program includes a tribute to the Rebbe Baruch Moshe Brisky, who we are told is uh, one of the most amazing speakers out there. Unityconcert2016.com, unityconcert2016.com. Simple as that. Tuesday morning, morning showers, a high temperature of 90. We're at 72 degrees right now. I want to welcome those who are on their way back from the Catskill region, tuned in at 90.1 on the FM dial. Thank you very much. Ari Eidlitz is with us live via telephone. Uh, someone brought to our attention an app, a website <clears throat> called Park Lee, P-A-R-K-L-E-E. And I believe, I believe that it began as a, an answer to the question of where on earth can you park in certain uh, densely Jewish populated areas. <laughs> Ari Eidlitz, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nahum. How are you today? Baruch Hashem. Am I right that this was done as a uh, as a um, an attempt to relieve some of the parking problems in heavily Jewish neighborhoods where it seems parking is always a problem? That is exactly correct, Nahum. First of all, thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, sure. And uh, hope you had a wonderful weekend. Um, uh, yeah, I had, a place, I had a place to park my car. I had a fine weekend. Finally, right? <laughs> so uh, that's exactly the reason Park Lee was um, designed. Uh, basically, Park Lee resolved two issues, uh, which are major issues in our communities, especially. Um, it's the parking issue, and Park Lee also does something else. It also gives you the ability have your driveway make money for you. Hey, Ari, so, pay, Ari, if you're on speakerphone, do me a favor and pick up your phone. We have a lot of trouble hearing you. Um, you there? Uh, yeah, I'm right here. All right. Um, you know what? I'm actually on a speakerphone right now. Yeah, I know. If you could speak to, us on, a, speak to us on a regular phone, it would be better. Uh, the website is parklee.com, uh, P-A-R-K-L-E-E.com. Let, let's talk about the first issue first in terms of how this helps people actually find parking spaces. How does that work? Well, basically, uh, the way it works is, I mean, I was born and bred in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn currently. And uh, there are times I go out to run an errand or even to go out for a, uh, to a doctor's appointment, and I end up getting to my location and just driving around the block over and over and over again. I can't find parking. Yeah, it's like a Brooklyn tradition. Come on. It is. It is. Unfortunately, it's in Queens and in Westchester and in Canarsie and all the surrounding areas as well. And... Uh, you're basically just driving around in circles. I mean, you know the second you see an open parking spot, the car directly in front of you is going to jump right into it. Right. So sometimes this can take a half hour, 40 minutes. So Parkley, I mean, I drive around the block. I notice all these open driveways as I am circling the block. And I always wonder if I could just jump into one of those driveways, stay there for an hour, two, three, or as long as I needed to do whatever I had to do, and then I could just go about my day, and I didn't have to waste 45 minutes looking for a parking spot. Right. Park Lee does exactly that. It basically gives you access 
to driveways in the area that aren't being used. Okay, and you it's very simple. You basically you download the Parkley app. You can do it on your iPhone or any Android device. You um, the all the available spots in the area come up. You basically put the times in when you need the spot. You pay, and that spot belongs to you for the amount of time that you put in, an hour to... What, is this, what does this service cost? So it costs... The cost varies. It depends on the driveway, okay? The average cost is about five fifty hmm. an hour. Um, but it does vary on the driveway. Not that bad. At a meter, you'd pay... Th- well, in Manhattan, at a meter, you'd pay $3.50 for the hour. I don't know absolutely, about, absolutely. And, and bro- I'm jumping, uh, you know, just parking in front of that uh, fire hydrant or that bus stop just for two minutes to go pick up the uh, dry cleaners and come out with a $120 ticket. Well, first of all, I'm sure that's something that nobody in this audience would ever do, but uh, I yes. I mean, yeah, but of if course, they not would. your audience, but, you know. In an emergency situation. They would. So, oh, so basically, oh, so this is, I mean, to me, it sounds like an Airbnb for parking spaces. That's exactly what it is. So people can, um, people can list their driveway. They can go on parklead.com or get the app and just list their driveway. By the way, I mean, I was under the impression that this all started in Williamsburg. Am I wrong that, the, that this whole concept started in Williamsburg? It started, I mean, it started in the area, so it did start. I mean, the same problem exists in Williamsburg, and kind of when we spoke about it, we had people in Williamsburg pumping into this issue, in Brooklyn. The reason, uh, the reason, the, yeah, the reason I'm asking. that's how we came up with this the, the reason I'm asking is because uh, once I heard that it, was, that it was founded or based on what was going on in Williamsburg, I said to myself, are there more driveways there than I think? I, 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 don't, I don't see driveways in Williamsburg. Are there more there than I think? Yeah, there are certain areas that do have driveways, and uh, those are the areas that we're focusing on. I mean, what's nice about this app is we're finding you parking spaces in areas that don't necessarily have parking garages, but more local areas that have driveways. So some areas in Williamsburg don't, but some do, and many in Brooklyn do, many in Queens do, many in Westchester, Canarsie, um, Greenpoint, Crown Heights, the whole surrounding area. Does the and does the driveway owner get to ask for as much as they want for the space? Yeah, so that's what's great about this app. It not only finds you parking, but it gives the driveway owner the ability to make money as well for really doing nothing. So basically what you do is you go to parkley.com, you sign up your driveway, you put in the times of availability. So if you're working Monday through Thursday from 9 to 5, you put those times in, no one's using your driveway, and you just start making money. And you go out to work, you come home at night, your driveway's always available for you, but during the day it's being used, um, but it doesn't affect you at all. And then at the end of the week, you get paid. I mean, if there's a driveway right off of 13th Avenue and 48th Street, you could charge, you know, 20 bucks an hour for that. <laughs> you probably could. Yeah, you could. Trust you probably me. couldn't. It would be worth it. And that's the idea. The idea is to find parking, not only for the individuals, but to help, to help release the, just the, that parking issue in the community. So you have cars circling the block, honking at each other, people getting irritated, cutting each other off. It becomes impossible to drive anywhere because you have the same people circling the block over and over again. And like this, those cars just pull right into driveways. They're not on the road. And it opens up the streets for other drivers to pass through as well. So it really helps the community 
with this issue, but it also helps the individual yeah. find parking where he wouldn't be able to regularly find parking and really have to devote hours throughout the day. I mean, if you run two or three errands a day, you know, um, in Brooklyn, you have to go to Avenue M or Kings Highway or Main Street in Queens. I mean, you devote a chunk of your day um, to uh, dealing with that. Yeah. And this just eliminates that. Ari Eidsless is with us, uh, parklead.com. Well, two things sold us on the idea of uh, getting you on the air. One was that uh, the, the number of parking tickets that people are getting is just insane frankly and uh, astronomical and i'm not even and I'm, this is not a knock on the NYPD just it, it, it's a reality that uh you know people break the law by parking in the wrong place they're going to get tickets and it it's happening uh what seems that infinitum and uh, the other thing is that uh you know so many of us know what others think of us when double parking and when parking at fire hydrants and bus stops occurs. It, it is not well representing of our community. If this, if this has a way of cutting down on that, since other methods don't seem to work, uh, then I'm all for it. So hopefully it'll get people uh, off the streets and into driveways, as we say. You know, it absolutely does. These, these parking spots are sitting there. I mean, as you drive home today, you know, or if you're driving in from the country, as you're driving through any one of these areas, You'll notice right now as you're driving, you'll see all these empty driveways, which are really parking spots. So let's use them. Let's free up the roads. Let's make the driveway owner some money, I mean, for doing nothing. You know, there's such a premium for, for square, every square foot um, in all these areas for what you pay for your homes. And your parking, uh, your driveway is just sitting there all day doing nothing. Yeah. So you might as well have it work for you. It's sitting there anyway. Um, so... We find this to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal app. We're very, very excited about it, and it's doing incredibly well. People are very excited about it. They're signing up their driveways. You know, I mean, I have more and more people coming in. It's so simple to just go online. You just go to parkley.com and just register your driveway. If you have any questions at all, we also have a, uh, a phone number. You can simply call the Parkley hotline at 347-748-1118. That's 347 347- Seven four eight one 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 eight. There are operators standing by. Um, they'll help you sign up if you'd like. They'll sign up for you if you'd like. But it's 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 not necessary. It takes under a couple of minutes to sign up your driveway, and uh, you just start making money. And you can adjust the times uh, that your driveway is available. Meaning, if uh, your schedule changes, you can adjust the times. And you can also uh, rent your driveway out day, daily, weekly, monthly. So it really allows you to uh, generate revenue when you regularly wouldn't be able to. By the way, so, uh, it, it could be advantageous to the homeowner because if there's a car in the driveway, there's less likelihood someone will block the driveway. <laughs> that's also true. That's exactly right. Uh, those of us who know who know the Brooklyn parking situation very well know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, unfortunately, we understand each other that's 100%. Sure. All right, um, uh, people can go to parklead.com. This started as an effort to uh, help people in our community, and it seems like it's spreading to other Jewish neighborhoods as well. Ari Eidlitz of Park Lee, uh, I thank you very much, and continued success with this. Thank you, Nathan. By the way, I just wanted to give you a promo code for your listeners, um, Siegel16, S-E-G-A-L-1-6, that's Siegel16, and if they put that in the promo box when they sign on, they get a five dollar Parkley credit. No, oh, thank God for that. Don't say don't say we were never worth anything to anybody. Exactly. So yeah, Parkley.com. Check it out. I'm telling you, 
You'll be very happy. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal app. Thank you, Ari. Thank you, Ari. Yeah, we were intrigued by it when first introduced uh, to it. A community activist introduced us to it and said it'll help people who are being inundated with parking tickets in uh, in our neighborhoods. Uh, J.M. and A.M. on this era of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Rosh Chodesh begins tonight, Wednesday and Thursday is Rosh Chodesh. 72 degrees, morning showers, a high of 90. Here's Ohad at J.M. and the A.M.
with Oha, that's Segula opening up, or I should say closing out the second hour of our broadcast. My thanks to Mayor Fertig for sitting in yesterday during the 4th of July. Much appreciated, Mayor. Uh, he was with us yesterday here at JM and the AM. If you have a comment about anything going on in this uh, program or any of our programming the entire day, you can go to the app, the NSN app, and comment on the home screen. Reminder, tomorrow night is the Dudu Fisher event. It's the Hakel event being presented by nine different uh, Chabad organizations. It's happening in New Jersey at Bergen Pack in Englewood, New Jersey. Phone number 201-227-1030. You could also go to the Unity Concert 2016 website. Again, it's unityconcert2016.com, unityconcert2016.com at the Bergen Pack in um, Englewood tomorrow night starting at 730. And uh, if you've never seen Dudu Fisher in concert, go. He's absolutely amazing. The tribute to the Rebbe will be done by Rabbi Moshe Brisky, who we are told is an amazing and incredible speaker. And um, he'll be in to address the crowd tomorrow night as well and be part of that incredible celebration. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live. 
from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And, of course, on the uh, NSN app. Um, I just posted it on my... Uh, I just posted it on my um, uh, Facebook page. The uh, GoFundMe.com uh, campaign that's being done to support the bulletproof vehicle for the uh, family of Mickey Mark of Blessed Memory. Uh, Yeshiva Torah Shraga, where he served as um, executive director, has um, sent out an email. As I'm sure you're aware, Rabbi Mickey Mark, Hashem Yimkom Damo, uh, our beloved executive director of Yeshiva Torah Shraga, was murdered by terrorists while driving his car to Jerusalem to celebrate his mother's 80th birthday. He was 46 years old. His wife, Javi, and two of their 10 children were in the car. With God's help, they will recover from their injuries. Understandably, the children are now traumatized and frightened to travel in a car without being bulletproofed. There are only two bulletproof buses that travel daily out of Utniel where they live. The community of Utniel has suffered greatly from terror attacks. Mickey was the 11th victim. The Israeli government provides financially for the bereaved families that have suffered the loss of parents and terror attacks. However, they do not provide the luxury of a privately owned bulletproof vehicle. The Mark family has turned to us to help them with this campaign so they can be able to travel to and from their community without fear and trauma. Let's show them the love they deserve and the merit of their Holy Father, Mickey, who was killed simply because he was a Jew living in his ancestral homeland. Let us show them the strength of brotherhood that's the essence of the Jewish people. The goal is 220000 covering the cost of a Mitsubishi Pajero, which will be built with special bulletproof glass and metal plates. The family will share the vehicle with other members of the Otniel community, like the Meir family, whose wife and mother, Daphna, was murdered in their home. Uh, I have just put the link to the GoFundMe uh, campaign on my uh, Facebook page, so anybody who goes to my profile could see that. Uh, if you go to GoFundMe.com, the campaign is called bulletproof car for Mickey Mark family, bulletproof car for Mickey Mark family. They have a goal online, as as stated, of $200,000, and they're already over $21,000, raised by 112 people in less than a day. So anybody out there who could help and uh, participate, it would obviously be um, a very special donation in Mickey's memory and something that will help his family that he leaves behind. Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM. More coming up at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmandam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. אני מעמיד בניסים, אני יודע שיש אלוקים, והוא בורא עולם, הכוח של כולם, שומע את קולי. אני מעמיד בניסים, אני יודע שיש אלוקים, והוא בורא עולם, הכוח של כולם, ישלח לי את That's Yaakov Shweki here on a uh, Tuesday morning. My thanks to Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday, by the way. Yehuda, in honor of Rosh Chodesh, which begins tonight. That was Yechad Shehu from Rakli Kayem Mitzvot. Shal Shalas Jr. in Yerushalayim. We heard eighth day with Jerusalem Stone here at JM in the AM. 72 degrees, morning showers, and a high temperature of 90. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is with us. We have a uh, an opportunity to speak about Champions Gate and the incredible Yeshiva University gathering 
That is happening in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll get to that. I first asked Rabbi Glasser if we could uh, spend a minute on a couple of other quick issues. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. I'm so excited to be here with you. I appreciate that. First off, uh, we were excited to remind this audience on countless occasions of the fact that you and your wife were honored by the young Israel of Passaic Clifton. I had an opportunity before this conversation to again express my incredible admiration for what you have done there in the uh, in the time you've been there. I would assume the dinner was a spectacular event. The dinner was really amazing. It was a tremendous tribute to the shul. It was uh, it was incredible. It's an incredible community. It's incredible what's been built there, and uh, we're really very proud of it. Really incredible. Uh, you had an opportunity, I'm sure, to speak about uh, current events uh, this past Shabbos, something you've probably done many, many times before in light of uh, all the different things that go on in Israel. Some of the news, unfortunate, as was toward the end of last week uh, when it comes to Israel. Is there a message you could share with this broader audience regarding uh, we thousands of miles away, uh, feeling the agony and anguish of what our brothers and sisters at times are going through in the Holy Land? You know, Nachum, it was a difficult Shabbos, I think, for all rabbis. You know, every week you try to sort of coalesce the different emotions and feelings and experiences that people are going through and provide some perspective, some sense of chizuk. And it was an amazing Shabbos as you started to prepare and think about uh, the experience with the rescue from Entebbe, and of course, on the other hand, what we were all going through um, in terms of our connection to Eretz Yisrael, to Israel, with what was happening in Kiryat Arba and on the roads uh, right before Shabbos. And when we got up on Shabbos to talk, I think that it was a real challenge. And I think one of the things that we tried to reflect on in our shul, uh, especially since it was Parsha Shlach, uh, is the notion that, you know, Eretz Israel is a land that has moments of very open miracles, moments of Entebbe, moments um, of tremendous gilui in terms of Kadosh Baruch Hu's presence there, and it has moments where it's the faith of Am Yisrael um, that is able to find the Rabboni Shalom in some of the most challenging moments imaginable. And uh, all of these tragedies certainly make us um, outside the land of Israel, feel more connected, um, has to arouse us in terms of our personal support of those who are there, should arouse us in terms of our own ambitions to be there, to go there, to visit there, to settle there, to live there. Uh, but I think that one of the lessons that we seem to learn on such an ongoing basis is from the people who endure these unimaginable tragedies and sufferings, and, and you hear the words they share, yeah. you know, for a woman to get up after burying her, her child and scream, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, uh, you know, what greater counter is there uh, to the world of the Miraglim, the whole notion, what Kalev says, We can do this, we can settle this land, we can be here, um, a sense of fortitude, a sense of confidence, a sense of faith in the Rabboni Shalom. And uh, I think one of the lessons of the Shabbos for all of us is a lesson of Imuna, is a lesson of faith, and uh, faith in the Rabboni Shalom, and faith, whereby Salvechi calls faith in Knesset Yisrael, faith in the Jewish people, uh, that, that we move forward 
um, as difficult and as challenging as it is. Yeah, I. Uh, in addition to what you just mentioned, the uh, the eulogy of a mother for her daughter Halel. Um, there's video online that I saw of uh, Shiva visits to that mother who used the opportunity to strengthen the resolve of the visitors, to strengthen the resolve of those who wonder why they're there, the purpose of being there. I don't mean at the Shiva call, I mean living in Israel. The purpose of living in Israel, how Netzach Yisrael is guaranteed if everyone can, can, maintains their commitment to the uh, land of Israel, and it's just, it is incredible to see the strength that someone like that has in this type of situation. It, re- it really is, and, and, and over the last number of years, we've just seen these unbelievable heroes emerge of our people whose, whose faith is almost biblical. I, I don't know how to describe it, yeah. you know, experiences that I think would just collapse any normal person, and I saw that, that video where she talked about settling Hebron and yeah. her sister's who's living near Harabayas and the connection of the Jewish people to the land and how, you know, we're, we're, we're all living now for these people. And it's just, it's an amazing inspiration, and, and it's, it's really something for all of us to learn from in our own lives. We face our own challenges and difficulties to find some way for us to summon this strength and the inspiration to be able to do something good, to do something positive, to move the Jewish people forward, even from something that is so painful and so difficult. I was um, I, I was somewhere last night. We were talking about uh, Rabbi Mickey Mark, of course, who was murdered by terrorists on Erev Shabbat. And, uh, and someone pointed out, based on a pasuk in Shira Shirim, a pasuk I don't recall this moment, uh, that God comes and takes the most precious of flowers from here, the most precious of people uh, to to bring to him, to bring closer to him. And one of the things that I have pointed out for so many years, unfortunately, when it comes to these terror attacks, is we we see how uh, how how, and this is not to uh, at all judge you know one person differently than another. Obviously, everybody's precious, but it seems like the cream of the crop of our people are taken so often by these terrorists and are, uh, you know, leaving us in some cases leaderless, uh, without leaders of families, without leaders of organizations, and uh, we're losing some uh, uh, amazing people each time this happens. 100% particular this year feels like it's been yeah. uh, no question more proportioned that. in that direction, and I think it just asks of all of us to really, you know, look inside ourselves and think about uh, how we're going to step up and be yeah. leaders for the Jewish people and how we're going to be able to uh, to carry on that legacy. No question about it. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is with us, Dean of the Center for the Jewish Future. This is, I'm, I'm glad that a conversation with the Dean of the Center for the Jewish Future started with a conversation regarding Israel, obviously the... Uh, the, the place of the true Jewish future. Um, Rabbi Glasser, we have an amazing event coming up. On the 28th of July uh, begins yet another Champions Gate conference. It is a leadership event that the Shiva University has made not just famous, but uh, practically necessary uh, on the uh, calendar uh, because of uh, the people that are brought together and the uh, different things that are discussed. Um, t- tell us why it is vital for a leadership conference like this one to take place at all? Absolutely. So one of, the, one of the mandates of the Center for the Jewish Future is to engage the Jewish communities that are connected 
to Yeshiva University and to the larger Yeshiva University community and help uh, confront and deal with the challenges that face our community on an ongoing basis. And I think that very often, you know, we sit in New York um, and we talk to each other in our own little bubble of what's going on in the world, and we forget that there is such a large landscape of Jewish communities all across North America, uh, many of whom confront many of the same challenges, but with different perspectives, um, different attitudes, uh, different contexts. And what Champions Gate is really about is about convening all of the leaders from across North America. There are rabbis that come, heads of school that come, heads of federation that come, um, of course, lay leaders of Jewish institutions that uh, represent really a gamut of different, uh, different topics and different areas of engagement. And we come together, we convene to talk about, to deal with, to really have serious conversations together with experts about issues that face the Jewish community. And it's amazing uh, just the creativity and the synergy that emerge when you bring together such an incredible group of people. Um, the experts that are coming are just a who's who of really every, uh, every conceivable speaker you would want to hear. Um, there are a few that have been added in the recent, in recent days. Uh, yesterday I was on the phone with Racheli Frankel, who's going to be joining us. Wow. Um, and she's going to be giving the keynote speech on Thursday night. Of course, reflecting from her perspective <clears throat> on the connection between community and what is our theme for this year, which is the Jewish family. Uh, the foundation and pride of our people, embracing its strengths and facing its challenges. It, it's critical that our communal leaders are talking to each other. We have so many different talented people, really, across the Jewish community, and we can face some of our most uh, difficult challenges if we do them together. And I, that's really what this is about. I like the fact that, and Racheli Frankel is obviously a great example of this, but there are others as well, I always enjoy the fact that Champions Gate, and we know how important it is, and we've heard this from other leadership conferences that take place around the country, we know how important it is for people to gather, like you say, in one area and hear from you know, different geographic perspectives. Because people in other areas of this country, frankly, and in different types of communities, have different experiences. And this is, you know, an opportunity to hear about them and to, you know, hopefully meld them together into, uh, you know, into productive analysis and to productive action. Uh, bringing in... An element from Israel, which happens every single time at the Champions Gate Leadership Conference, I think is amazing. I think it's incredible that it's not just, you know, across this continent, but it's really overseas as well. And I, and if I'm not mistaken, I think there have been other countries represented as well over the years. Absolutely. There have been people from Australia and yeah. South Africa. Um, can we call Canada another country? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, you know, there cannot be a serious conversation about diaspora Jewry without uh, the presence of uh, a representation from Israel. Yeah. Um, the two communities, especially today, um, with the nature of communication and how much travel we're all doing back and forth, and the aspirations of the diaspora community to uh, connect to the land of Israel and to settle so many people there, um, it's absolutely critical. Our children spend a lot of time in Israel, as we know. Many of our families move to Israel. Uh, families are, you know, across the world. Some families have parts of the family in Israel, parts of the family here. Right. You can't have a conversation about family uh, without Israel. 
and uh, we're looking forward to that dimension uh, being something that's very prominent in the conversations throughout the weekend. Champions Gate 2016 is presented by the Yeshiva University Center for the Jewish Future. Starts on the 28th of July down in Orlando, Florida. And um, the topic, or I should say the theme this time around, the Jewish family. The foundation and pride of our people embracing its strength and facing its challenges. Information at 212-960-5396, 212-960-5396. And if I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Glasser can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anybody in any type of leadership position in our community is essentially invited to participate. Am I right about that? Absolutely. If you're involved in a leadership role in your community, whether it's lay or rabbinic or educational or uh, some sort of other type of communal institution, uh, we invite you to join us. Um, President Richard Joel is uh, the one who convenes this conference <clears throat> under his leadership and, its vis- and his vision. It has really grown. Uh, the Mitzner and Katz families are the ones who are uh, making this conference possible for our community. And, uh, you know, the more people that come to provide additional perspectives, additional insight, uh, the more vibrant the conversation will be. No question. Starts Thursday, July 28th. It's an amazing place, really beautiful and comfortable, and it's an incredible gathering uh, that leaves you inspired. So many. The biggest problem is when there are concurrent sessions and you want to go to more than one. That's always the biggest problem. Yes, <laughs> as we started to leak the schedule a little bit to a few of the lay leaders involved, um, that was the biggest complaint. How in the world are we going to choose on Shabbos afternoon I know, between I know. Racheli Frankel <laughs> and Mayor Soloveitchik <laughs> and Rabbi J.J. Schachter? And, uh, you know, like, what, what, what are you doing to us? I and know. Just, it, uh, it is tough. And people... know, the, the, the list of people coming is amazing. Obviously, President Scholl and Rabbi Brander, um, Rabbi Daniel Feldman, Rabbi Yaakov Neuberger, um, Dr. Josh Joseph, Rabbi Josh Joseph, Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz. Avi Lauer, Dr. Ronan Novik, Dr. David Pelkovitz, Rabbi J.J. Schachter, Rabbi Penner, uh, Nechama Price, Yitzi and Shoshana Schachter, Rabbi Schwartzberg, Dr. Schatz, wow. Rabbi Stav from Israel will also be joining us, right. Rabbi Sittner, who's really been doing a lot of the work pulling this program together, together with uh, Rabbi Charka and Menachem Lewin. It's, uh, it, you know, I tell people, it's like an entire year's worth of your shul's adult education program in right. 48 hours. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. <laughs> it really is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, yu.edu slash cjf slash championsgate. That's yu.edu slash cjf slash championsgate. And again, the phone number 212-960-5396, 212-960-5396. You can email championsgate. It's one word, championsgate at yu.edu, championsgate at yu. Edu, the Dean of the Center for the Jewish Future, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser. Rabbi Glasser, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all your inspiring words this morning. Thank you, Nachum, and thank you for your continued inspiration day after day. I greatly appreciate that. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz begins tonight. Here's Ophi Net at JM in the AM.
There's Ophinat. My thanks to uh, Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday here at JM in the AM on the 4th of July. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I just noticed a, uh, a story out of Africa regarding the 
meeting between uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the leader of Kenya. Kenya will work to restore Israel's observer status at the African Union because Israel is a critical partner in the battle against terrorism, the most serious challenge facing the world today. This said by the Kenyan president on Tuesday in the presence of Prime Minister Netanyahu. He said that the upgrading of Israel's status in the pan-African body is critical not for Israel, but, quote, for all those who see this, meaning terrorism, as a common challenge. This is a battle not won by any nation, but by coming together. He said in very warm words that it was critical for Africa to reevaluate its relationship with Israel in order to better enable Africa to deal with its challenges. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch how attractive Israel is now to so many nations that it was never attracted to before. J.M. and the A.M. at 17 minutes before 9 o'clock. want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to the Schwab and Landy families. Had the opportunity last night with the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra and Yisrael Lamb and uh, Yomi Lowy and just an incredible symphonic orchestra to be there for the big celebration at Terrace in the Park in Queens. Uh, mazel tov going out to Jesse Schwab and his parents, uh, Tamar and Dr. David Schwab, Dr. Schwab and his family, known as uh, Pillars of the Community up in the Wesley Hills area of Rockland County and um, always involved in so many uh, wonderful community initiatives in Chesed. So a special Mazda to the Schwab family, and a special Mazda to the Landy family, uh, to Rachel and Michael Landy, and of course to the Kala uh, Mina Landy. Um, I, I know firsthand just how prominent a family the Landys are, because they are from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and they are one of the uh, special families from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, so we take this opportunity to wish uh, Jesse and Minna and the Schwab and Landy families a very special Mazlov, and again, an honor to be there as part of the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra last night for the big celebration. 16 minutes before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM, and this is Aryeh Kunstler. Everywhere, I shut my eyes, shut my ears, and now, cause I know there's a better day coming, blowing in from the north and south. But I don't give up, I let my love shine bright. I won't give up, no, 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 no. No, no, I won't give up I let my love shine bright I won't give up No, 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 no Don't put me down for the way that I look For what I wear It's just this skin I bear Come a time when all men and women will live as one At least I do believe So I don't give up I let my love shine bright Won't give up, no, 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 no Down well, I know we'll 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is a deeply moving day for me. Exactly 40 years ago, Israeli... All of our peoples will benefit greatly from our growing partnership. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a deeply moving day for me. Exactly 40 years ago, Israeli soldiers carried out the historic mission at Entebbe. And now I have the privilege to return here as Prime Minister of Israel with some of those same brave soldiers and some of those brave pilots who flew them here. Forty years ago, they landed in the dead of night in a country led by a brutal dictator who gave refuge to terrorists. Today, we landed in broad daylight in a friendly country led by a president who fights terrorists. We have gathered here to mark an event that inspired the world and lifted the spirits of my people. At Antebe, international terrorism suffered a stinging defeat. The rescue mission proved that good can prevail over evil, that hope can triumph over evil, over fear. Today, savage terror is once again sweeping the world. We must recognize that the battle against it is indivisible. When terrorism succeeds in one place, it spreads to other places. And when terrorism is defeated anywhere, it is weakened everywhere. This is why, this is why Entebbe was not, was more than an Israeli victory. It was a victory for all humanity in the fight against those who threaten our common civilization. The raid of Entebbe was a watershed moment in the life of my people. For centuries, Mr. President, we were stateless and powerless to defend ourselves. No one came to our rescue. We were murdered by the millions. The rise of Israel changed all that. Time and again, Israel has successfully defended itself against enemies committed to our destruction. But it was perhaps at Antebe where this fundamental transformation was most dramatically seen by the world. On July 4th, 1976, Israel launched the most daring rescue mission of all time to save our captive brethren in the heart of Africa. We were powerless no more. We would do whatever it would take to defend our nation and rescue our people. That night, 40 years ago, also changed the course of my own life and the lives of uh, those whose relatives died here, Jean-Jacques Maimoni, Pasco Cohen, Ida Borochovic, and Dora Bloch. My beloved brother Yoni, who led the force that stormed the old terminal, overcame the terrorists and freed the hostages, was the only soldier who was killed. I learned from my brother and from others that two ne things are needed above all to defeat terrorism, clarity, and courage. Clarity to distinguish good from evil and courage to confront evil. Clarity is to know that nothing justifies terrorism.
Nothing justifies the deliberate murder of the innocent, the systematic slaughter of civilians. We must condemn all acts of terrorism, whether they are perpetrated in Paris or Brussels, in Orlando or San Bernardino, in Tunis or Nairobi, in Hebron or Netanya. And alongside clarity, courage is the other indispensable quality needed to fight the terrorists and their sponsors in order to defend our values and our lives. Today, in this place, where free people delivered a devastating blow to the forces of terror, we and all the civilized nations must rededicate ourselves to the spirit of Antebe, a spirit of daring and resolve, a spirit of courage and fortitude, a spirit that is determined as ever to defeat terror and to secure our common future. Thank you. Thank you all. Words of the Prime Minister on the uh, tarmac at the Entebbe Airport. I, um, he says nothing justifies terrorism. That message has to be transmitted to so many people in our very own community. Forget about other communities where obviously it also has to be communicated, but, but so many of our own people are excusing terrorism on a regular basis. It's unbelievable. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 and the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app. My thanks to Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday. Tomorrow, pay Dalid is scheduled to be with us here at JM and the AM with a uh, an album debut of their own. Pay Dalid, expected in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM and the AM tomorrow morning. Make sure to be tuned in and enjoy. Great programming on our stream all day long at jmandtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Make sure to comment on the app with any comment you may have and enjoy our incredible programming. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.